Welcome back to the No Back Karma Podcast, How Being a Sugar Daddy Changed My Life, covering a seven-year flush and refill of the toilet that extended from 2016 through 2022, trauma in real time. Well, I've been it a couple of more times than I probably should have. This isn't a bitch session. It's not a dating advertisement advertisement or promotion of a lifestyle website or anything like that. If you listen carefully, it's about how people treat people and how you need to make sure your actions aren't going to generate any bad karma in the universe and have it coming back at you. It's about giving your choices a purpose bigger than yourself. Something I was trying to do for, in this case, Pizza Baby, when I should have been watering my own grass. Now, I'll tell you a little secret about me as a man, as a person. I'm very, very proud of many of the individual choices I've made in my life. I've always given my choices purpose. But it wasn't until I made my mantra, first humanity, then others, then yourself, before I really understood how to prioritize those choices and let them lead my life. There's a time to do for many, a time to do for one, and a time to do for yourself. So it's not just about giving your choices purpose. It's about making sure that purpose is usually bigger than yourself. Adopt my mantra, everything's going to change. People that think you're a zebra that can't change your stripes will realize that maybe you're just a white horse that's been in a cage. Today we go back to July 2016, about 120 days after meeting Pizza Baby. And as I said from the start, I only wanted a fling for a few months. Uh, and it already it took about 30 days after meeting her to, to hang out with her for the first time. And about 120 days after that, this or my original few months, this was the first real let's end this opportunity for both of us. And it that would really become what I'm going to call a, a, our relationship cycle. Obviously, that didn't happen. It obviously didn't end at that point. But that was really the first chance I had to just walk away and get back to my life and stick to my word and uh, probably never would have been caught. And uh, that was the first time she threatened to dump me for good. So in the last episode of the Pizza Baby series, I struggled a little bit because I was trying to explain the dynamics that were going on when we started hanging out in April 2016. And really, I struggled because if you want to know the truth, a sugar daddy, sugar baby relationship are really scheduled fuck sessions. And this just wasn't that. And uh, so here we are at day 120, uh, which is really about July it is July 2016, and and uh, that's when our relationship cycle started. Uh, so let's just call a relationship cycle the up and downs for now. All relationships have them, not just relationship relationships, but friendships, your business, professional, community, church relationships, even your family relationships. But those cycles don't need to evolve into something unhealthy. You can identify them and embrace them and try to understand them. And even Pizza Baby and I did that for a minute. And uh, I mean, I told her everything I thought was going on as I'm going to tell you today. Those cycles are like hinges on a door. Now, 
here's where I really want to make a joke about getting a door slammed in your face, going out the door, going in the door, maybe a backdoor joke. But people, there's meaning here. What is a door without a hinge? A hinge is what gives the door purpose. If a door is in a frame and there's no hinge, it's a wall. There can be a hinge and no knob. You can still pull on it. If you've ever been in a house where they've, they're constructing or remodeling and put up doors, a door isn't a door without a hinge or a slide or whatever, but a hinge. So today's episode is, a, a, like I said, a continuation of the Pizza Baby story. Uh, so if you're a new listener, uh, quickly bring you up to speed. If you're an old listener, it's a very quick recap. January 2016, since this 2016, at the start of it all, January 2016, I decide one last time. What I was really trying to do is explore my sexuality as a man, go out and have fun. Not my preferences, but just things I felt I was suppressing. Definitely a future episode. Picked out a couple of targets on a website. So all you ladies that think I'm always doing dating ads, I'm a reformed sociopath now. Don't worry about it. I don't pick you out that way. But I picked out somebody I thought would be a good candidate for my last fling. And a month later, February 2016, I met her. And uh, uh, she was one I thought I might connect with. Uh, I met her for our first lunch day and her second blue moon. She's cool. You wouldn't have looked at us uh, individually at the time and thought we were a couple or had anything in common even. But she reminded me of myself personality-wise and especially at that age. And uh, I find myself seriously thinking about falling off the cheating wagon after toying with the idea and my thoughts off and on for six months. I did meet a couple people, but nobody that even interested me and uh, kept suppressing that idea. March 2016, after three weeks of ignoring Pizza Baby because she wants a contract, I have a fight with my wife. I day drink. I don't drink anymore. I uh, get in touch with her and via email back then and schedule uh, our first day to her apartment for later that month. And that really brings us to the last episode, which I called day 36. And I kind of lost myself in it a little little bit. And like I said earlier, and uh, that's because how do I describe to you kind of on some level boring relationship dynamics uh, that were going on. Uh, And and at the end of the day, it was we were developing a friendship, uh, uh, but it was a secret friendship. Right. But even though it was secret and we were escapes, which I'll, I'll talk more about in a minute for each other, uh, you know, it was a genuine friendship and a foundation of what would later become love. And and it was also around this time where where she first said uh, uh, she thought she felt loved. And I said, well, it's probably because you are. So. What ha- I'm going to say a couple other quick things about that episode to, to, to put it in perspective for today. But what happens when you're building friendships? You get to know each other. You hear about a person's friends and families, their aspirations and fears, their worries. And I said in that last episode, uh, this was a girl with some 
self-confidence or general confidence issues. And uh, I need to clarify something on that. People, we all have them. It's about understanding them, fixing them the right way, acknowledging them, which she absolutely did, and uh, trying to fix them, which she absolutely was trying to do, uh, maybe in part with me, but, uh, and that might've been wrong, and maybe me with her, but, uh, and that was wrong, but it's how those factor into our relationships, and and really understanding that, uh, uh, you know, with those uh, fears and confidence issues, uh, there are things that that your life partner or life partner material people thing, uh, uh, life partner uh, eligible people will do for you that your friends aren't going to do and that other people aren't going to do for you to help you with, uh, uh, you know, those secret things that tear us down as individuals. But also, like most people, you would meet her and you would even meet me at that time and by our personalities, but with her, her boisterous personality, uh, you never would have guessed. You know, tears of a clown. That's how we hide things. So people, we all have self-confidence issues. It's not about that. They might be small. They might be big. You know, they might be just one particular thing. Uh, it might be have to do with how we're fulfilling a duty or role in our life. But when I talked about our first date in the second blue moon, I, I said uh, that I thought this girl had no idea when she was going to graduate. And and uh, that's kind of what day 120 is about. And that would grow into the subsequent things that naturally come after that, right? What do you go, what, what are you going to use that uh, degree for? What are you going to, what kind of job are you going to get? Where are you going to live, et cetera? A lot of college students go through that. That's not anything unique. It might affect us all differently based on our uh, life and the support we get, but we all go through it or they college students go through that. So this is the beginning of this. Uh, uh, and that was the beginning of the spring semester, uh, you know, that year when I first met her. And now I'm talking July or summer 2016. So that first semester where I met her is over and it's day 120. So on day 120, let's get to today's story. One afternoon, you know, when I'm over there before I'm heading out, we're just hanging on the couch, chatting, listening to music, and I can tell something's wrong. And it's the first time I kind of called her out about that. Like, you don't know when you're graduating, right? And uh, 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 it, it, and it's not because, like, she wasn't capable of figuring it out and getting her arms around it. She just hadn't done the work. And she was taking a pretty light load that first semester. First semester, I I met her and uh, that conversation actually took place and then was kind of put aside. And then the real day 120 happened a a couple weeks later. And uh, and I feel that was because uh, she had acknowledged I can't say for sure at this time she had acknowledged that she needed to get her arms around it and was going to meet with her advisor. and, And this is when I was hearing about it. I was supposed to drop by. So she found out she had a couple of full year left 
and uh, was feeling overwhelmed about it. And it was the first of uh, ultimately four times that she wanted to give up on me. The fourth time she did our first breakup. And, uh, you know, but she gave off that impression that, you know, as we all feel like when we're overwhelmed that, you know, I want to give up on everything but life itself, including you, meaning me. So, you know, let's just talk about the challenges of school for a minute, because most colleges, right, require a 2.5 to graduate, right? In your major and usually overall, that's pretty much the norm. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, when you work full time, when you got a full load of classes, when you're involved in things, uh, I was as a student, uh, she was, uh, you know, that 2.5 is a little more of a challenge than you want it to be sometimes. It doesn't matter how smart you are. And uh, then, then there's that. Because, you know, listen, I know there's a few sugar babies that are co-eds and students in general that listen to this podcast. So let me tell you a secret about college. I'll use my powers uh, for good here for a minute. Show up to class. Click in on time, especially if they're recording attendance. Do the readings. Figure out how the professor quizzes and tests you. And then... And you know, then refocus your efforts on that. You don't have to brown nose or schedule the extra office visits. Just figure out what it is you need to do to do well on the test. It sometimes it's coming from the book, sometimes the extra readings, sometimes the notes. But you got to figure that out. It took me two and a half years of my college career to figure out that much because I didn't study in high school. I didn't know how to study in college. And it's not going to guarantee you a 4.0, but it's going to get you through it. But back to the story. So, you know, I'm I'm over here to find out about this meeting uh, with the advisor and hear about school and the meltdown starts. And, you know, that moment when we eventually let the person in our life see us at our worst or and it's usually when we maybe just want to cry about everything. Well, this was that moment. And, you know, she starts shouting at me, you know, that she's already older than other students. And in my best white shrewd voice here, fact, only a little over a third of uh, college students graduate in four years at most universities. Thank you, Hessian Report. And that's true. You know, she's going to have a hard time keeping up with work in the grades. She's worried about all the loans she's already taken out for her education. She's worried about the loans that her parents have taken out for her. You know, this would be the first of, like I said, uh, three times, uh, eventually four times that she was going to just give up. And it usually included uh, uh, going to Florida and being a waitress or a bartender on the beach somewhere. And oh, by the way, her lease is up this month that I'm talking about. And she's seriously considering it. And she'll seriously consider it a year later. And then seriously consider it a year later after that, when we ended up moving in together and she got a job, I helped her acquire a job. So anyhow, my reaction 
as I just threw out in my Dwight Schrute moment was, well, let me put it this way. Have you ever seen those sitcoms? And there's probably a scene in the office somewhere where everybody's sitting in the room and they're saying, what are we going to do? And then somebody in the back suddenly gets up from their chair and they jump up and they flip open a briefcase and they pull out schematics and drawings and they start putting them on the wall. And then they go to the whiteboard or chalkboard and they hand out reports. And, you know, like I said, this has got to be a scene in the office. People, that's me. It's the wrong reaction in that moment, but it's me. Or at least that was, you know, how I used to be. But uh, in those moments, uh, uh, and I'm going to defend myself for a minute here. I'm going to, and I'm laughing at myself ultimately, okay? But I'm going to defend myself for a minute. I'm in business. People pay me to do that. That's my job. I go in and fix problems for people. And if I don't have a solution, they don't want to pay me or talk to me. So, you know, baby, this is one of the conversations I'm waiting for. I'm ready to go. But as a man, as a person, I'm telling you guys, gentlemen, you don't react like that in that moment. Right. So, but I am reminding her that these loans have to be paid back either way. And, you know, her parents and everybody else would probably appreciate her with it, doing that with the degree since she's so damn close, you know, but she's spiraling out of control, questioning her skills and talents, many of which are obvious to me. Get your mind out of the gutter. I don't mean it that way. You know, she was in media, had an on-air show, but uh, the only thing she really loved was about media was promotions. Something that, again, would become an issue about 18 months later at the final breakup uh, or at the first breakup. Uh, I got to say, you know, I can't tell how the hell interesting it would be to co-host an episode with her. Don't think I haven't thought about it. Perhaps remotely sometime. LOL. Did hell just freeze? I don't know. Okay, so this come over and hold me so I can cry moment, right? has uh, now escalated into me running around with a fly swatter, knocking down her objections as fast as I can, right? But of course, she has to go to work. So it abruptly ends, and I head out. And then I get the message. Oh, yeah, a couple girls I know are between leases and have to stay somewhere for a couple weeks, so you won't be able to come over for a couple weeks. So... I just had the first fight with the mistress, right? I'm going to be shut out a couple weeks. And I mean, in general, and I, I've heard about these girls and guys, you know, like I'm cheating and having an affair, right? But you know, those girls, you don't want your new girlfriend hanging out with, right? Yeah. So I'm expecting There might be a gone to Florida sign on the door the next time I show up, right? Obviously, I don't want that to happen for selfish reasons. You know, I'm finally getting some once in a while. I like the girl. Uh, You know, I'm attached to her on some level. And she was an escape for me. Relationships rooted in escape will go back to escape if you let them. And she eventually would. But really, at this point, in this moment, it was about her. It just felt like a huge, stupid waste of her potential when she was so damn close. 
So I let myself be shut out for about a week. And she had recently had also offered uh, or extended an offer for me to stop by where she works at the pizza place. Right. She has pizza, baby. So I show up. Now, I can't tell you if I showed up today. I can't tell you if I showed up towards the end of her shift intentionally or not, but I probably did, knowing the kind of guy I was, you know, and I really, though, just expect her to treat me like a unknown customer. And she ended up chatting me up, introduced me to a friend of hers that was working that day. One that about a year later, she would say, go get yourself an older man, she would tell her. But I used the good vibes. And when she got off work, we're, we were talking in the parking lot a little bit. And I'm bring up the where are you with school issue. So at this point, I'm adding fuel to a fire when I probably should have showed up with a fire extinguisher. Maybe I had without even realizing it. You know, I'm a better man now. That was probably just should have just left. But if you're a regular listener, you know, that's how a flaw and how I deal with frustration. And I actually did it more when I was an alcoholic in little ways like that. Right now, I just as a sober person, uh, you know, I, I don't let myself do that. But then it'll show up in a big ass, grand, giant, abrupt way. Sorry again, Jane Jetson. And it's, this is what it's all based in, really. But we're getting, uh, uh, you know, we're having this discussion in the parking line. It starts to get verbal, starts to get loud. And, you know, this is where she works. So I say, oh, let's go back to your parking lot. So we can continue this. And of course, she tells me it's going to be a short conversation and we get back there and she leaves me with a few words and storms up to her apartment where she knows I can't go because her friends are there. So I'm shut out. So another week or two go by. You know, I send a couple messages and I just say, I'm still here. And become a mantra in those moments. I'm still here when I probably should have left and I'm still here. And then finally I get a message to stop by and I hear she signed the lease. She's got herself straightened out for classes. And she said, you were right. I was wrong. What would become another mantra in these moments? Here was our relationship cycle, and here's why it doesn't have to be bad. We've all had that moment, like I said, when we feel overwhelmed. We all want somebody to show up and fix everything. We also know it's better to teach a man to fish, right? And, I mean, I'll acknowledge here. Pizza Baby, my ex-wife. There were times when I thought I was teaching him to fish when I wasn't. But in this moment, if I was doing anything, it was teaching to fish. I was providing the emotional support. I was trying to provide literal direction on steps that needed to be taken when those things came up and this and the subsequent related issues, right? It's not like I'm Paying for school like the sugar daddy friend of a friend that drove her to the site in the first place was doing. Right? 
So the lesson here, people, is it's okay to let someone you love or someone important to you do something to help you, even take care of you to some degree, if needed. And, you know, I'm thinking of a specific health issue in my life. Uh, If it's uh, with someone that occurred, you know, it... (laughs) when it's coming from the right place and you have to acknowledge it's coming from the right place. It's not about dependency. It's about the yin and the yang that occur in a relation, in a relationship. It's about how you, you know, try to be a good person for your friends, make them better. Right. But specifically, the cycle in this relationship would become, you know, it occurred several times. First, it was this issue with the fall semester. Then it would reoccur with the spring semester. Then with graduation. Then with getting a job itself, which would be the nail in the coffin for the first breakup. And then that reconciliation is when I can say with a clean heart that toxicity started emulating from her. And I drank and then fed toxicity back. But at each of those junctures in that cycle, she'd push me away or threaten to break up to me and move to Florida. And uh, and then that whole thing would last two, three weeks. I'd somehow be part of the solution and back again. And a month later, we'd be even closer than before. And like I said, it's not about dependency. It's called doing life together. But we had a relationship now. Because here I'm starting to get involved. And you know, this is the first point where I really realized this was an affair. I could have walked away and I didn't. She really could have tossed me out and she didn't. So, you know, uh, our first real breakup and reconciliation would still be two years away. And, you know, at some point she would say, I force those reconciliations and that's not wrong entirely. But at the end of the day, I was trying to force someone to have self-worth and I 100% did that. I, there was uh, a, a real purpose to my choice, right? And she always ended up accomplishing what she set out to do eventually at a great expense to me. And I'm not saying financial, though you can look at my life and say it was that too. So if it really was about me at that first time, she shouldn't have kept me around. And, and when that happens to you, you shouldn't keep people around. But I don't think it was then. And I didn't think it was 18 months later, which is why I ended up, you know, the next 18 to 24 months later, the reconciliation and uh, the breakup and reconciliation. Uh, I mean, you know, that two weeks, <laughs> that two week period dragged on for like three months there, right in there. And then we broke up and then we reconciled. Right. So I always thought, you know, this happened four times, but hell didn't start until that fourth time I had, 
if it was really about me, there were opportunities for it to truly push me away. And if it was really, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but at that point I was making choices, uh, with a cloudy head because of drinking. I'm going to end it there today. And the next time we'll start at day 280, which is going to be right after this, the holidays, 2016, Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh my, because what's about to happen is on New Year's Eve, I'm about to get caught. And, you know, New Year's Eve about getting caught is the first time I realized I had in this, only to be caught three weeks later. You never know the last holiday you're going to spend with your loved ones. Give them a hug and kiss today. Give your choices a purpose bigger than yourself. Figure out your relationship cycle. Embrace it and be life partners and make it work for you. Or leave each other and end it and get off of it if it's turned toxic. But there's plenty of ways you can give your choices a purpose bigger than yourself. So go out and do that today. And I'll see you soon.